Welcome to the Everyday is Saturday podcast. The number one motivation show on the planet. No more Mondays for you. It's time to make every day Saturday. This is the podcast where we help you to accept who you are, not where you are. On the roller coaster of life, you know we only sit in the front seat champion. So make sure you are fastened in. Let's go. Tired of feeling run down all the time during the week? We can help you make every day feel like it's a Saturday. Let's go pack your bags. It's time to leave Averageville. Introducing the man who thinks abnormal stands for above normal. When you're on fire, people will travel from miles around to watch you burn, baby. We are fired up. The host of the Everyday is Saturday show, Sam Crowley. Hello, champion. Welcome back to the number one motivational podcast on the planet, the Everyday Saturday Show. God, I had a great chat with Dr. John Martini. Yeah, I've never met John Martini. I've heard of him. I knew that he was in The Secret, and I, you know, I've probably seen videos of him on stage with Richard Branson, Wayne Dyer, and the like. But fascinating. Fascinating individual. Nice guy. Um, man, I can't... Let me give a little bit of a formal intro, and then you'll hear the rest of it on the podcast. But John D. Martini uh, is the author of over 40 self-development books. And you know what? He's also read. Check this out. This dude has read over 30,000 books. 30,000 books! Uh, he's a world-renowned specialist in human behavior, a researcher, an author, a global educator, um, man, oh man, he's just, he's a, I'm going to say it again. He got emotional. You're going to hear in the interview about events that took place 50 years ago. Um, it's authenticity. Uh, the, he's got a condominium on a cruise ship called The World. Uh, he's living in, uh, you know, these five-star hotels. Just a fascinating guy. So dive into this one. Listen to it. He also offers everybody inside of the Everyday Saturday community a, a free digital gift as well. You can jump on that if you like. And uh, just a really cool interview. Here it is, my chat with Dr. John Martini. All right, hey, everyone. Uh, it's an honor to have another great interview. As I mentioned, we're working on Legends Month. Uh, it was Legends Week. We had Mark Victor Hansen, Bob Proctor. Now we have the great John Martini. John, how are you today, my friend? Thanks, great. Thank you for having me. Hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. So uh, you and I have never met. That's a true statement. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yes. So we've uh, learned a lot in, in the few minutes we've chatted about kids. <laughs> <laughs> I know. John has children in his 30s. I have kids that are all teenagers, except for my six-year-old Susan. So John has given me a little bit of, uh, hey, there's an ROI, he said. That's great. <laughs> ah, that's good to know. So John, in preparation for the interview, um, I could have done what everybody else would do. That's Google you and go on your website and all that. But I just posted on Facebook and said, hey, I've got Dr. John Martini coming on my podcast next week. Anybody know this guy? And holy cow, can I read you what a couple of They're all good, by the way. I don't want to, I'm not blindsiding you. Uh, listen to this. So this is kind of like a little bit of this is your life for people. You probably don't even know you impacted. Uh, a guy named Dan said he was my very first interview for a series I started years ago. Just do it. He's an amazing man. Ask him about his vision for beyond his lifetime. So I'm definitely going to ask you that. What he's accomplished and from where he's come from is an inspiration. So that's a gentleman named Dan. Dwayne says, this guy is a genius. His depth of knowledge is impressive. He's a very gracious guest. The man lived on the world cruise ship. 
and traveled around the world having dinner each night with business royalty and celebrities. So aside from his teaching, he's got a lot of great anecdotes of life to share. Uh, Sally says, listen to a lot of his work. Let him talk about what he's accomplished. You will not be disappointed. Um, and it just goes on and on. Alex says, you landed a whale. My favorite JD quote, when the voice and the vision on the inside is more profound and more clear and loud than all the opinions on the outside, you've mastered your life. John, who knew? Who knew that I, that this was the guy I could have on the Everyday Saturday podcast? How does just the, there was 11 comments. I, I read like three or four. How does that make you feel? Well, I'm very grateful. I um, You never know the impact of what you do, the ripple effect. We never really know. And I'm very grateful for being able to have any influence. I, I had a dream when I was 17 to do that. And I um, figured that my job is to gather information and try to disseminate that in a way that is valuable and serves people. And I guess if you do that sooner or later, somebody out there has a ripple effect in it. And so I'm very grateful. That's been my dream since I was 17. Yeah, so I guess that, that's a really great segue. Your childhood and your upbringing, you weren't born with a silver spoon in your mouth. You're not a trust fund baby. So, and I know you, you I've, I did check out some John Martini videos, but give us a sense of what your upbringing was like, because you've come a long way. Well, I did have a bit of a challenge in the beginning. I had my arm and leg were turned in. I had to wear braces on my arm and leg as a child from about a year and a half old to about four. I had to go to a speech pathologist from about a year and a half to about four. I had dyslexia and learning problems. And I was in first grade. When I finally made it to school, my teacher started me in normal reading class. And I went into the remedial reading and finally had to wear a dunce cap. No, like a real dunce cap. A real dunce cap. We had to face the window with a guy named Daryl Dalrymple and face the window and said, would you decide to come and read? Then you can come into the class. And they finally realized they had my parents come to the school and said, I'm afraid your son is probably not ever going to be able to read or write properly because I wrote backwards and not be able to communicate effectively because of speech problems. I'm afraid he's not going to go very far and amount to anything. If I were you, I'd put him into sports because all he wants to do is run. Because when I got out of my braces with my legs straight, I just wanted to run because I'd been yeah. constrained. I just wanted to run. I've been on the run ever since, I guess. <laughs> right. I did have a bit of a challenge there and I ended up dropping out of school. I left school really at 14, but I left home at 13 and tried to go to school for about a year on my own, but it didn't work. And I uh, just failed. So I was a street kid from 13 to 18. Mm. And um, at 14, I hitchhiked from Houston, Texas to California to go surfing. The surfing I was good at. Wow. But Texas wasn't the surf capital. No, no. <laughs> So I eventually, I went down to Mexico at 14 and 15, I went, I made it to Hawaii. I panhandled money on the beaches of California and made enough money to fly to Honolulu and lived under a bridge first on the Kamehameha Highway at sunset. Then I lived at Iakai Beach Park at Pipeline. Then I lived in an abandoned car and a bathroom and um, finally at a tent. And then at 17, I nearly died I was surfing a very big wave, almost died there, and also had strychnine poisoning. And uh, that led me to a little health food store, which led me to meet Paul Bragg at a recreation center where he was a speaker. And 
I went to, I was at the right place at the right time to meet the right man. And that night my life changed. And that was the night for the first time in my life that I thought maybe I could overcome my learning problems and someday be intelligent. And how old were you when you met Paul Bragg? 17. 17. And were, you were in Hawaii at the time? Yeah. Where'd you meet him? At the Sunset Recreation Hall, right where the Kamehameha Highway and the uh, right near Waimea Bay, the Pupakea Heights Road met right there at the Kamehameha Highway. And there's a little bitty place there, that small little building that was a recreation hall. And I went there to a lecture and he knocked the socks out of me. He just made me realize that maybe I could overcome my learning problems. He's the one that said that we have a body, we have a mind and we have a soul and the body must be directed by the mind and the mind must be guided by the soul in order to maximize who we are. And that we want to set a goal for ourselves, our family, our community, our city, our state, our nation, our world for 120 years. And that what we think about, what we visualize, what we affirm, what we feel and what we act upon determines our destiny. Wow. Nobody talked to me like that. It's changed my thinking process, which led me to attempt to go back and try to learn how to read, which was a, a bit of a struggle. But I finally, with the help of my mom, memorizing 30 words a day, eventually was able to go back and, you know, go back and take a GED, high school equivalency, and go back to school. And, and I ended up uh, where I am today. What prompted, a, what prompted a 17-year-old to want to go to a lecture? I mean, it's kind of living on the streets type lifestyle. I had the strychnine poisoning. I had almost died. I was unconscious for three and a half days. And, I, and then when I, a lady found me in my tent, and when she found me, she took me to a health food store. And a guy at a health food store said, man, you, you're, I had spasms in my body that were uncontrollable. And, and uh, he said, he said, man, you need to take a yoga class. <laughs> Learn how to have mind over body, buddy. And I thought, okay. And then when I was leaving that health food store one day, I saw a little flyer that, on the door that said something, Ilya's yoga class, special speaker. And it was that yoga at the top, that, that word that I, I understood from what he had said. Yeah. And I went to that class, assuming it was going to be a yoga class. And I thought, I want to have mind over body. I want to see if I can recover. And then I didn't know that the speaker was going to blow my mind that night. Yeah. That's wild. And then from there, you just kind of were a sponge for personal development. And Well, I, I, I had a real letback, uh, setback when I had, I tried to go, I took my GED test and I guessed and I passed. Mm. Surely guessing. Uh, it was one of those <clears throat> miracles. That's all I can say. And then I took a, another class and I passed another uh, test, which is the college test. And then when I started to go to college, the very first class I took, I got a 27. I needed a 72 to pass. I got a 27. And I was devastated. I, I, I went and cried in my car and I drove home and I curled up in a fetal position under the, a Bible stand in my parents' living room. <clears throat> and I was just thinking, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And mm -hmm. somehow that was just a fluke that I passed those tests that I, I'm not going to do it because I, I got 27. That was humiliating. And um, my mom came home 
and saw me on the floor and uh, said, what happened, son? I said, Mom, I blew the test. I guess I'll, I'll never be able to read or write. Never mind a thing to go very far in life. I just repeated what the first grade teacher said. Yeah. And she said something that only a mother could say that really shifted me. She said, well, son, whether you become a great teacher and philosopher and travel the world like you dream, whether you go back to Hawaii and ride giant waves like you've done, or you return to the streets and panhandle as a bum, I just want to let you know your father and I are going to love you no matter what. Wow. And my hand went into a fist. I looked up and I saw a vision of me speaking in front of a million people. Mm. Probably a dissociative identity disorder or something at the time. Yeah. But I saw that and I said to myself, I'm going to master this thing called reading and studying and learning. I'm going to master this thing called teaching and, and uh, philosophy. And I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to travel whatever distance. I'm going to pay whatever price to give my service of love. I'm not going to let any human being on this, on this earth stop me. Not myself. Yeah. And I hugged my mom and I went in my room and I got a dictionary out. And I started memorizing a dictionary, 30 words a day until my vocabulary was strong enough to pass school. And I did not stop until I got that dictionary and eight complete sets of encyclopedias in my head. So I went on a rampage learning how to read. And I have never stopped. I've read over 30,500 texts now. <laughs> oh my God. That's incredible. That's so, incredible. I, I, I was not going to let anything stop me from my mission. And I've yeah. been on a mission seven days a week ever since that day. Yeah. Now you still get emotional when you tell that story. I got to imagine this isn't the first time you've told that story. You're not exactly in your mid thirties right now. I mean, you're, you're, you're 66. You're 66 years old. Why do you still get emotional telling a story that happened 50 years ago? Because of, of the gratitude. The gratitude that I get to have for what I get to do today. Wow. That's amazing. Like, I've never had a conversation like this with any, I mean, you know, I just haven't. People that get emotional that talk about this, usually the, the event just happened, you know? And the, uh, the authenticity, I mean, it's coming through. People can't see you because this is a podcast, but it's just amazing to see a guy like you that, that, that committed. Um, and I think that really is that, you know, when people say, hey, I want to be a speaker, they'll try speaking. You know, no, you know I, I tell people, hey, you got to speak for free. Go do it about 50 times and then figure out, you know, you might make a couple bucks after that. Oh, I want to be on the stage with John or Tony Robbins. And, you know, look, you've shared the stage with a who's who of individuals, Stephen Covey, Sir Richard Branson, Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, people like that. And the emotion that you just told that story with is the emotion I wish everybody had when they went after whatever it is that they want to do, thinking that I'm, I'm not giving, like you're like, I am going to do this come hell or high water. Like I am going to do this. And people, what is it? Like, where is that disc? Is it a freak big, because we just don't like to be a failure? Is it, you know, we're too secure. What is it that people don't have that emotion? You know, I can't speak for everybody, but I can just say that that day there was a determination, a no turning back. And I'm a firm believer that anything you can't say thank you for in life is, is baggage. And anything you can say thank you for is fuel. And I needed that day, that little setback. That was a very important moment. Mm. And, and um, I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to have that experience. I, mean, look, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't look at anything in my life and, and say, I wish it was done different. I, I'm very grateful for what's happened in my life. 
I, I, the, the learning problems, the challenges. I had an adventure as a teenager. I had I got to do amazing things, meet a lot of people, you know, even as a street kid. But getting to have somebody just like yourself, you know, interview and want to learn something that I've been able to learn is a dream. Yeah, isn't it though? Like I would love, like I would love to have a beer with you. Just sit someplace at a hotel bar for six hours and just pick your brain because I would. I'm like I'm that guy, and there's I'm not the only one. Like there's millions of people like me, men and women all around the world. We want to squeeze that last bit of toothpaste out of the tube of life, you know. And I, we don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I would love to learn how to podcast better. Right? It doesn't matter. But a guy like you comes on my show, and you're that humble and that grateful for what it is that you do. Um, that's pretty incredible, man. And I, and I really, I hope people can feel that emotion because this show is evergreen. It's going to be listened to 10 years from now, you know, iTunes, Spotify, all over. But if you really want to do great things in the world, you know, you have to, you have to commit at that level. And I mean, that, you know, when somebody speaks like that, you go back to the age of 17 and that was when, you know, that was the impetus. And then you went and studied 30 words. Was it 30 words a day on the dictionary? Is that right? He said. Well, I studied, my mom used to test me on 30 words a day. I had to spell it properly. Wow. I had to pronounce it properly, which was not easy. Yeah. I had to put a meaning to it. That was my that was where my weakness was, mm -hmm. and put it in a sentence, so I understood it. And I would spend a lot of time getting those thirty words done, but I would grow my vocabulary because if you do thirty words a day in three hundred sixty-five days, that's more than a thousand words, you know, a year growing, mm -hmm. and it doesn't take long before the vocabulary is now starting to become, you know, sufficient. Do you so think just, it was just methodical, just consistent? You know, it's like a domino, the little domino into the bigger domino. It's incremental momentum building persistence on small baby steps making big dreams. Do you think you would have had such a uh, enlightenment or success at that age had Snapchat, Instagram, this whole digital world been around when you were that age? I have no idea. I can guess. I mean, but I, I would say I mean, that, kids are so distracted, you know, so distracted right now. Uh, I, my, my life was surfing at the time. Mm. So I had a surfboard and I, you know, hitchhiked across America with one and down into Mexico. And my, my dream, I think I had a bit of a death wish or something because I was riding giant, giant waves. Uh. When I was 16, I watched, Becky Benson and Lord Blair surfing Haleiwa on the North Shore. And I thought, wow, Lord Blair is 65. He's out there cranking. And it was about only about 24 foot of foot face waves, but still good size for a 65 year old. So on my 65th birthday last, last year, I went to the North Shore and I surfed at Pipeline in Lani Kea. And it wasn't a small day. So I did it. I pulled it off. But I had a goal that when I'm 65, I want to do that. And I got to do that last year. And now I've made it for 100. So when I'm 100, I want to go surf the North Shore. You know, it's wild. I guess you're right. If, you know, if you're out there in front of Mother Nature and you got the ocean as your friend right there, it's tough to be locked in on social media all day long when you got that. You yeah, I, I lived, I lived uh, you know, not everybody got to live on the North Shore as a teenager. There was a handful of us. Um, There's a guy named Laird Hamilton that was, there's an abandoned child there living on the beach right where I was. And he ended up being taken in by Bill Hamilton, who found the, the boy's mother and then married her and took him in. And he became one of the biggest wave riders in the world. 
and I was there at the time. So I was very blessed to meet some great surfers. And, and I think that allowed me to feel that I was accomplishing something. And, but, but then I almost died there. So, you know, I was, I was, I was gaining momentum as a surfer in, because I never thought I could make it in school and academics. That was next. Wow. But meeting Paul Bragg is, he gave me some sort of a feeling like maybe, just maybe I could pull that off and do it. First time in my life, I thought maybe I could learn to read and be intelligent. Because I didn't like being, I didn't like to be considered the dummy. I had to have a friend of mine read for me. He used to read for me when I was 15, 16 years old. And I know the guy, he's still there. He was telling my He was telling my um, daughter how he used to read to me. Wow, that's powerful. You know, you talk about gratitude a lot. Um, Melissa wanted me to ask you about the deep gratitude and the process you go through even yeah. before getting out of bed every day. Can you walk us through that process? Well, I have a, um, I have probably the largest gratitude collection of anybody you've probably met. I document every single day what I'm grateful for. I've already typed this interview in before I got on. Mm. And uh, so I type in the opportunity to do an interview with Sam Crowley and to reach people. And I type in everything that I experienced from that. I, I document my day daily on all the opportunities, the people I meet, the, I mean, all of them daily. And I've been doing that for a long time. I was born on Thanksgiving Day. And my mom um, told me when I was going to bed, when I was four, make sure you count your blessings. One of my books was called Count Your Blessings, which I de dedicated to my mom before she passed away. And uh, about, because if you're grateful for what you got, you'd be more to grateful for. And I'm a firm believer that gratitude is the key that opens up the gateway of the heart. Inside the heart is love. Love radiates out. Window washes the mind, brings inspiration, mind, enthusiasm to the body, more certainty and presence, and draws and magnetizes synchronously those people, places, things, ideas, and events that align with what you're naturally inspired to fulfill. That's amazing. Um, your quick station identification, Sam Crowley chatting with my now friend, Dr. John D. Martini, and John has a gift as well. He wants you to grab a hold of your free inspirational digital product, Awakening Your astronomical vision. It's a $50 value. You can claim the gift at dmartini.inc, I-N-K, slash media gift, dmartini.inc, I-N-K, slash media gift. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, so, John, I got to ask you about living on the world, which I didn't even never, I never even heard of the world before, but uh, Mary, who booked you uh, as a speaker several times, said that I don't know if he still lives on the world, but he used to, and we had to schedule his flights around the port. The ship was docking it. I mean, that's like MacGyver, you know? This is like, you know, that's a big, please tell me what that's all about, living on the world. I'd never even heard of that. Well, in 1999, I was reading the Rob Report. I was living in Trump Tower, right underneath the Donald, actually. And um, I was reading this thing and I brought it home and I showed my wife at the time, <clears throat> who's passed away now. But, and I told her, I said, wow, this, is, this matches what I envision. 
because I've said since I was 20, the universe is my playground, the world is my home, every country is a room of the house, and every city is a platform to share my heart and soul. And so that's been my internal dialogue, one of the many things that's been in my head for all these years. And I thought that, that would be a great space for us to have and live there. And she said, yeah, that sounds cool. So it turned out that at the time it was only a 27% occupancy. And I thought that's a little risky to, because sometimes those things don't really complete. So I just kind of put it away and didn't put much attention to it. In 2001, just not even two years later, I was in Australia and we had dinner with a gentleman who had bought apartment on the, on the world. And he answered every one of my concerns, every one of the questions. He actually went to see the building of this ship and he bought two apartments on it. And I thought, wow, he's a high caliber guy. This is, he's checked it out. He's done his due diligence. So the next morning for an anniversary present for my wife, I bought a condominium on the ship and it is, um, I'd have to say it's the best address I've been able to find on earth because it goes literally from the Arctic to the Antarctic to everywhere that you can, you can sail. And it's a, like a six star luxury resort floating and with the most amazing people on the planet, uh, really some amazing people. And, um, it allows me to, and my wife to be able to catch up a lot easier because I'm traveling a lot flying. I've traveled over 20 million miles flying and speaking. So I'm flying all the time. And so, it's easier to rendezvous there than sometimes just one location. And even though we had 11 homes in different parts of the world prior to that, that was the best location we could find. And so I, um, I've been living on there for 19 plus years now and um, going on the 20th year. And I, I can't, I, it's the best address. But right this minute, it's in Tenerife and it's not available to be on because of the COVID. So I'm, I'm just hanging out in a, lovely hotel right now and uh, doing my podcast from a hotel. And, uh, but when a ship comes available again, which is very soon, then I'll be back on the ship. But I mainly travel. Most of my life is traveling and living in hotels, but I've been on there for almost 20 years. So I live in the Midwest in a farmhouse with two border collies. You live in hotels and cruise ships. <laughs> it's just like, the, this is the odd couple right here, right? you know, but two yeah. people that can still come together, you know, and there's a common ground. It's amazing. Well, you know, <clears throat> everybody's got different values. Yeah. And, and there's no right set of values or wrong set of values. It's just everybody contributes and is necessary on the planet. The whole spectrum of all the values around the world, I always say, balance each other out and make love for the world. But I'm, I'm, I'm a jet set kind of gypsy. I even write for jet set magazine. It's one of the, 1400 magazines that I write for. And so in the process of doing that, I, I, uh, I guess I'm a, a traveler, been that way most of my life. And I did an interview by a lady who was also an astrologer the day. She says, I looked up your chart and saw that you're a triple Sagittarius. And I said, okay. And she said, those guys, those guys have to travel all the time. Do you travel a lot? And I said, yes. <laughs> Unreal. So I said, okay, that's, you know, all the power to it. But I, I'm a firm believer that, that, you know, each of us have something that's deeply meaningful, something that's truly spontaneously inspiring to us, that's empowering us. And we have to give ourselves permission to live by priority and to fill our day with the highest priority actions we can do, which elevates our self-worth, expands our space and time horizons, gives rise to our natural born leader, 
and delegate the rest and give job opportunities to other people and be remunerated for the thing you love to do, so your vocation and vacation the same. And do something inspiring. You make a bigger difference. And I know inside that we all want to make a contribution. And that's that's what makes us have meaning in life. Yeah. I've got one last question for you that I, I want to end on. I just, I mean, I could talk to you for hours, but I know you, uh, you got a busy schedule. It's not the only interview you're doing today. I want to remind people to get their free gift from John. Go to Martini D-E. M-A-R-T-I-N-I, dmartini.inc, I-N-K, slash media gift. Um, pick, pick that up from John, a $50 value. And John, when you, when, when you see people going to a job every day, they hate. I don't mean they dislike, they hate. They're doing it because the bills are way too much more than the money that's coming in, or they feel like they don't really have anything else they can do. This is my lot in life. I'm stuck. I'm trapped. I got the 401k, the golden handcuffs. What would you say to someone? Because that's there's a good segment of the individuals that listen to this podcast who are not doing what you just described in the previous segment about you know making your vocation your vacation, doing what it is you love to do, and all these things you do. I mean, look, this is incredible. But hey, you're Dr. John D. Martini. I'm I'm just Joe Smith. I'm living here in the, in Iowa. I got none of what you got going on, and I'm in my mid fifties, man. So the likelihood of me doing that is slim to none. And Slim just left town. So how would you work with somebody or what piece of advice would you not get changed overnight? They don't expect to be changed overnight. How do you give somebody hope that, you know, maybe the best they still are ahead of them? Um, well, I'd love to share a story, but I don't know how many minutes I have left. Do I have oh, to- you got plenty of time. I'm more concerned with your time. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I want to share a story because, and then I'll answer that. But first I want to share a story if I can. I was speaking at the Sheraton Arabella hotel in Cape town, South Africa near the waterfront. And about 800 people were there. And I was talking about, do you really, really, really want to have financial independence in life? Do you really want to be financially free or is it just a fantasy? That was the topic. Mm. And then I gave some really practical things to turn that around if if you'd like to. And way in the back was a young 14-year-old boy that I didn't get to meet at that time. What was that there? And I came back, that was September. I came back in December and did another program to about 800 people at the same location. But this time at the very end, after signing books and taking pictures and all the stuff that you do at the end, this young boy comes and approaches me. When he came up to me, he had a rope around his waist. He didn't have a belt. He had pants that were about eight to nine inches longer folded up at the bottom so he could grow into them. He didn't really have a cleanest and most fresh clothes and had a bit of an odor. And he lived in a township called Kailija. And he came up to me at the very end, right to the end. He waited patiently, respectfully. He said, Dr. Martini, sir, you inspired me. And I said, thank you. How so? He said, You inspired me to change my life financially. I said, that's inspiring. Tell me about it. He said, well, my mother and father both died of AIDS. And I have nine brothers and sisters, and I'm the oldest. And so I have to run the house now. And I live in a shack in Kailicha that we have to put plastic on top of to keep the rain from coming in. We don't have electricity, we don't have a floor, and we don't have sewage or a bathroom. 
but after hearing you speak, because I heard you on the radio, and I said, I have to meet this man. I decided that out of the 60 cents a day that I earn, I'm going to start saving 25%. Now, he, he stacked mud bricks at a company 45 minutes away. had to walk to work, walk back, 45 minutes there, 45 minutes back, made 60 cents a day. He's illegally underage. And he saved 15 cents a day from September. Equivalent. Now, this is in Rand, so you got to multiply higher numbers, but 15 cents US a day. 15 cents went to paying for a woman to take care of the kids, his brothers and sisters. And the rest of it was paying for everything for them to live in. Mm. And he said, Dr. Demartini, I've saved 15 cents a day. I've saved $7.50 since September. And I have a dream. Next Christmas, I will have $30 minimum saved. I'm going to put $20 down on a new shack. That's a $200 shack. I have to pay 45% interest rate because I don't have credit by a shark. Now I could have given him $200 right there and bought him a house. That wasn't the issue, but I would have robbed him of his, his dream. And he says, I'm, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to do that. And for Christmas, we're going to have a new house that's going to have a non-leaking roof, a light bulb, it won't have water or, or, or sewage, but we'll be closer to the, where the sewage is. And that's my dream. And I'm going to do what I can because there are thousands of kids just like me. I'm going to do what I can to inspire them to do the same. Because you inspired me. A year later, I got a picture with him at that house. And I told him that I didn't inspire him. He inspired me. Because it doesn't matter what you start with. It doesn't matter what you've been through, what you're going through. What matters is do you have a dream? And do you have a strategy? And are you willing to work it? As long as you have immediate gratification, making you buy consumables that depreciate, instead of a long-term vision to have money work for you, you'll be a slave all your life. But the moment you make a decision that you're worth something, your dream is worth something, and that you have the, the courage to forsake immediate gratification for a long-term dream, compound interest, which is the eighth wonder of the world, as Einstein said, can start working for you. And maybe temporarily you may have a job that you may not love. But if you can ask, how is this on the way, not in the way? How can I take this job and the job duties and how is it helping me move one step closer to my objective? While I begin to put my strategy in place, and maybe I work two jobs temporarily to start my new career, but it's all on the way. We're never victims of history. We're always masters of destiny if we see everything on the way with gratitude. There's that gratitude word again. Keeps coming up over and over and over again. You know, I think uh, that's a perfect place to end it because you're right. We are in a world of instant gratification more now than I, I thought we were in a world of instant gratification 10 years ago until we got to five years from now. And now we're here, we are all today and everybody wants the microwave, you know, put your dream in, hit a button and it comes right out, you know. Um, and as long as you can be grateful for where you are, I've been grateful in the middle of a bankruptcy that I was in it 
and I had an opportunity to start over again. It sounded silly because I never would have believed anybody that said that. Like, wow, I went bankrupt and I'm so grateful. Until it happened, and I don't look, I don't want to sound like an idiot. I wish it wouldn't have happened, but had it not, I would you and I wouldn't be here because I would have never launched every day Saturday. It just wouldn't That's have been right. that much of a it wouldn't have been that much of a passion in my life to get this thing going because I was like, wow, I got a second chance. I got a second chance. And we could talk about second chances, you know, for another hour, how powerful second chances are. That's but. exactly what I felt. I felt like I got another chance when I met Paul Bragg. Right. And how many second chances do you think you've been given over your 66 years? You know? I think every single day. Yeah. yeah. Every single day. Is it, I'm a is firm believer chance? that I'm a firm believer that if you keep living by priority, you know, Gary Keller, which is a company I get to speak for sometimes. He said that there's, he wrote the book, The One Thing. And that's a very, very important thing to find out that one thing that you absolutely feel called to deliver and serve. And then put your heart and soul into it. And somehow you will build momentum and people will recognize you by that momentum. And they'll see the sincerity and integrity of that pursuit. And you can't stop that. Nothing mortal can interfere with a mortal visionary, I say. Yeah. There's nothing your body can experience that, that, that can challenge you, that your, your higher, more mortal soul can't turn into opportunity. So it's wisdom. The greater, you know, the quality of our life is based on the quality of the questions we ask. And if we ask extraordinary questions and allow us to see the magnificence of each moment and not compare our moments to fantasies of the past or future, but just be present and find out how is it helping us move forward, then there's no way we can do anything except build momentum. And, um, and then that exemplifies to others what's possible. And I think our rewards in life are to the degree of our authenticity and the ability to reflect that and exemplify that to create a chain reaction. Oh, authenticity, man. You hit another word there. Holy cow. You're right. Showing up that way, you know, instead of trying to show up as how you think the world thinks you should, you know, or, we're not, here to, we're not here to live in shadows of anyone. We're not here to put people on pedestals or pits. We're here to learn how to see that they're reflections of us. And anything we're not loving in them is a part we're not loving in us. If we can love them, we get to love us and we both win. Amen. Amen. Uh, wow, what a treat. One last time, go to dmartini.inc slash media gift. Pick up your free awakening, your astronomical vision from John. John, this has been a real pleasure. I'm so happy you and I got a chance to connect. This has really been great. Thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate the, the time you gave me here. So thank you. Yeah, man, I could have went on for hours. Could have went on for hours. And uh, I'll be thinking of you when COVID's over, sailing the seas of the world and living your best life, man. That's awesome. Well, you, you give, I always say give yourself permission to do something extraordinary with your life because the true you is extraordinary. And the magnificence of who you are is far greater than any fantasies you'll ever impose on yourself. So don't waste your time on fantasies. Get grounded in what's really, truly in your heart, what you would love to give to this world. And you'll be given the, you will receive more than you imagine. Amen. Amen. I love it. I love it. Dr. John Martini on the Everyday Saturday podcast. First time, hopefully not the last time, uh, would love to have you back. So I'd love to. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Same. And that's a wrap. Another Everyday Saturday podcast in the books. Thanks so much for listening. Would you do your boy a favor? Would you get on iTunes or wherever you listen to the Everyday Saturday podcast and leave a rating for the show? It helps amazing people like you 
find the show faster. And that's what I'm looking for, amazing people like you. Hey, I'm always hanging out on the interwebs. You can check me out on Instagram, at Saturday. Let me know you're listening to the show. Love, 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 love hearing from fans of the Everyday Saturday podcast. And one last thing, when you're ready to launch, get on my calendar, go to launchwithsam.com. You and I are going to work together to set rocket fuel to your dream. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'll see you on the next Everyday is Saturday podcast.